Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Dangerous Rhetoric. We're in a very special location. We have a very special guest today. Um, we wanted to jump right into talking with Mr. Chris Elston about his experience being assaulted uh, during the Trans Day of Vengeance or Visibility, depending on your perspective, um, and get into some of the issues that have been going on this week, because a lot has happened this week, and I feel like we need to clear the air. We need to talk about it. Um, before, well, before we jump into it, yeah, please like, comment, share, subscribe. As you can see, we're in a special location right now, so shout out to Kevin Hurley of the Disinfected Podcast for hosting us here today. Um, this is uh, probably the most professional-looking Dangerous Rhetoric episode yet. Yes, so, yeah. concomitant with all the technical fun. Um, so, Chris, we saw that viral footage, and maybe I'll splice it in a little bit so people can see it, but uh, we saw you go down there in Vancouver and come out with your billboards as usual, and it looked like you were swarmed by a rabid pack of crazy people. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about like what you were what was going through your head? Uh, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people have seen the footage. I might splice it in and play it over it, and uh, just give us you know a little a little you know how does it make you feel and how how did it come from your perspective? How does it make you feel? <laughs> <laughs> just another day in the office. Really. <laughs> I this mean, is the twenty-fifth time I've been assaulted, or something like that. So, wow, they haven't all been like that. When I say assaults, I'm including people spitting on me because those are technically assaults. Actual physical altercations, getting punched, and things—I don't know, at least a dozen. I'm probably forgetting some things, but that was probably the second biggest assault the worst one would be when i had my arm broken yeah but that was back in march of 2021 and not really many people knew what i had already been doing for six months and i didn't have a lot of support or anything so no one reported on it this is totally different this time i've gained i don't know what i've gained now eighty thousand followers already i'm gonna cross two hundred thousand. it took me two and a half years to get to a hundred thousand and I'm going to cross 200,000 either today or tomorrow. And I'm going to on Tucker Carlson tomorrow night. So hopefully that adds another 50 or something. But I knew these days would come. Fortunately, in the last week, Twitter took the shackles off my account. I'd been getting censored for over a year. Where you had to be 18 to follow me. You had to adjust your settings to allow sensitive content. So a lot of people wouldn't have even been able to see these videos if Twitter hadn't taken the censorship away. So that's one reason these have taken off so much. But... I'm just totally shocked by the behavior of the police. And I'm not really shocked because I've seen this before. I've been arrested twice by that same police force after getting assaulted. But that was, I think, a new low. The woman's laughing, smiling away. Right from the very get-go, she didn't care. She said, maybe I cut my own nose during the first assault, which no police were there for. I have it all on video from multiple angles. But she's saying, maybe I cut my own nose. People do that sort of thing, you know? So right away, I knew I had a, a problematic police officer on my hands. And they all were totally useless. So it ended up, they kept coming. We ended up with about 40 of them there at the time of the second, more major assault. And they did nothing. I wasn't allowed to walk on the field to talk to the police officers even because people would get in my way. Then this independent journalist named Dan Dix wanted to give me an interview, but they followed me and swarmed all around me. So we walked 10 feet away, they followed again. We walked 10 feet away, they followed again. 
And then they started getting right in front of me and screaming right in my ear. And what am I supposed to do in that situation? I can't move. Police will do nothing about it. I literally can't get out of that situation unless I touch somebody. And he's right in my face, moving into the front of me, leaning right into me. So I did what any normal human being would do, which was rather gently put a hand on his chest to like yeah. start to move him out of the way because I wanted to get out of there. But apparently that's uh, the go button for throat punching someone and trying to throw them to the ground, which, yeah, I got, I took a pretty big fall. He pulled on me and this other guy behind me pushed me and I was on a hill as well. So took a bunch of steps and then I fell pretty hard on my tailbone. It was not the cleanest of falls, but uh, it is what it is. I mean, it's pretty amazing considering you, you had your, your billboard strapped on, you're surrounded by these crazy people, you're being shouted at, pushed and shoved. I think there's a, there's a really interesting still where that guy has his hand around your throat and his face is just, you know, it's, it's demonic. It's like, he's got like a scowl and you're just kind of like, you're stoic. You're just like, yeah, I wanted to comment on Mr. Brian Krasenstein. Yes, we can have a special shout out to all of this. <laughs> Mr. Krasenstein. Because do we want to give him any attention? I mean, that guy. Uh, um, I'll give him a little attention. Because <laughs> well, this is, th we can bring him up because this is the narrative that they're going to go they're with. They're trying to. This is the lie yeah, yeah, that they're going to push. Well, I'm bringing it up because, you know, Chris They can do whatever they want. It doesn't Chris mean mentioned you put your hand up, right, toward this person. Mm. And, and I saw, I looked at the footage many, many times, and you were turning around and recording what was happening around you. And then as you turned around, this person was even closer to you. It's like literally like up in your grill. Yeah. And you simply Screaming. put your hand up, you know, to, and that's yeah. what any rational person me. would do, like back up. Yeah. And this low testosterone bastard here says that Chris shoved her first as seen in the slow motion video. Her. <laughs> yes. Her. He's such a, that's a that guy's such a liar. It's just, yeah. everything Brian Krasenstein says is wrong. This is the guy that used to tweet within seconds of every single Donald Trump tweet. And it wouldn't matter what Donald Trump tweeted, he was always the opposite. Donald yep. Trump could say the sky was blue and he would argue it. And yep. I've been in some Twitter spaces with him. I don't know why Mario Knopfel ever lets this guy into space. He's a total joke. He even lets him into some of these gender spaces I've been in. He knows nothing about any of this, but they bring him in for some reason. This is a guy that used to host websites where people would post their Ponzi schemes to collect money from people. The brothers, the Krasenstein brothers, enriched themselves with Ponzi schemes. Their houses were raided by the feds, and they had hundreds of thousands of dollars of seeds. This guy is a totally dishonest individual. He's a complete and utter joke, but he represents the Democratic Party very well, so at least he does yeah. that. Yeah, he called you a yeah. liar and an instigator, and he knows from personal The personal experience. experience. I love the personal yeah. experience. Yeah, right. Well, we also have personal experience with you, Chris, and I can testify to people you're <laughs> definitely not a liar and an instigator. And apparently uh, he posted another thing because you blocked him. Yeah, of course I says, blocked him. I'm not giving him a platform in my replies. Yeah. Forget about right. it. Right. No, he said you, you rely on hate and marginalization of transgender people to get donations, which is crazy to wow. me because it's like, from what I understand, oh, you, did he, you did he promote you my donate button? Of, Thanks. Uh, I <laughs> wish he would have. Maybe we should throw the link. Oh, he that. he essentially <laughs> did by saying that. So now people yeah. know that I accept donations. Thanks, Brian. Yeah, well, uh, one of the reasons you accept donations is you also put a lot of your own money into these excursions that you go on. And this is something that I think people don't really totally understand. 
it costs money to do these things. So yes, of course you're going to ask for donations from people who want to see you keep doing this. It's not grifting and it's not instigating going he's raking around. In, he's raking in six figures from the yes. Democratic Party, please. But trying to spin the narrative that someone who's going around by projection, someone who's going around simply trying to have conversations with people. There is no instigation. It's yes, you wear a billboard, but if words, if you're arguing that the words on a billboard are instigation toward violence, then it's pretty clear which side here are the more delusional thoughts from Fantasy side. Island. Yeah. Yes, it's insane. Um, Chris, I wanted to ask you, with you know, we ha we just had this uh, major shooting in Nashville, the first time a transgender mass shooter. Uh, it seems like, to me, it seems like an escalation in their willingness to use violence. And the other thing that really struck me about this particular shooting was that the media response had been almost uh, conciliatory towards the shooter. Yeah. You know, they're saying that there were seven victims because they're counting the shooter as a victim. Um, do you think this is an escalation? Because I know you've been on the ground, you've seen this firsthand, or is this really just more of the same thing and that we're all just seeing it more now because there's attention on it? We're seeing it more because people are fighting back. This is the same as it's been. Going back to October 2020, I was arrested after getting assaulted. I was assaulted again in December, arrested then as well, after getting sucker punched from behind and stopping a guy from running away, I was arrested. These people have always been totally insane. This, the whole time I've been doing this, especially in Canada, it's there's always been violent acts happening every so often. I try to go places 99% of the time where I'm totally safe. Once in a while, I attract attention. I went to Ottawa and I went to have conversations on the street where these schools were with parents about what was going on there. And 200 university students came to me and mobbed me and painted on me and spat on me and punched me twice and destroyed my signs and keyed my car, all in the presence of police and political officials, city councillors from Ottawa. I think there was an MP there as well, a member of parliament, just cheering it all on. So finally, people are fighting back against this. No one was really talking about this a year or two ago, definitely not two years ago. And people are starting to go outside into the real world, which is where you have to do this. This has to be done out in the real world because that is what reaches the broad populace. You can't just do this in your echo chamber on Twitter or Facebook. You've got to get outside. That's how every civil rights movement has ever seen success, people acting in the real world. And the same applies today. You're not going to change laws by tweeting about it. That's that's true. It's a really good point. Yeah, and there are more and more people doing that. Uh, look at what happened to Tozi Parker recently, which is another thing we can talk about. And all of this sort of happened within the same, like, week period. You know, the smash shooting, the attack on you, and then the ab abhorrent attack on... Posey Parker yeah and it's just like I think you're correct I think it's because more people are fighting back now we're seeing an, an even worse rabbit response from these people but like you yeah. said they were always sort of like this this is not like a new thing but we're seeing a they were response let me qualify my last statement a little bit so because we're winning so spectacularly there's 20 states passing legislation or in the process of yep. pushing through legislation to stop this the narrative being pushed by the left, by the Democrats, by the media, is that there's a genocide of trans people. Now, these guys have always talked like this, but now that they're losing so much and they're freaking out, the media keeps pumping this narrative. And you're dealing with a lot of mentally ill young individuals. And when you 
work them into a frenzy as the media and the Democrats are trying to do, yes, some people are going to lash out. So who knows the motive of that shooter in Nashville? Obviously, she went to a Christian school and attacked there. Apparently, there were other targets. When someone does this, they're, of course, seriously disturbed. And people never do anything like this for one reason. This is always a variety of factors that have led them to this. Who knows what drugs she was on? And who knows if she was on testosterone, what, what that was doing to her. But when you do give testosterone to these anxious, depressed girls who are struggling with whatever mental problems, well, what does testosterone do? It creates impulsivity and rage and anger, and it causes men to do a whole bunch of dumb things. Well, now give this to a woman who is not supposed to have this in her body, is not used to it at all, and they're already in a fragile mental state. This is a recipe for disaster all around. It's a recipe for disaster for themselves in terms of suicidality because women are actually suicidal more, girls are more suicidal than boys, but boys follow through more often. Now you give these girls testosterone. What do you think is going to happen? It's just a total recipe for disaster. This whole thing has to end. Yeah, and then on top of that, add in the uh, impact that, you know, this person clearly probably had one of the cluster B personality disorders. That's the, you know, I, I think that's the big thing. You know, people are going to want to blame uh, testosterone and, you know, like SSRIs or whatever, you know, other meds that she may or may not have been on. But at the end of the day, she was clearly disturbed. She clearly was antisocial enough that she was willing to take a weapon out and, you know, use it on children. Um, yeah. It's just so insane. And the fact that these these people and this this pattern of these cluster B personality disorders, uh, you know, just being able to have that excused, you know, uh, oh, because she's trans or because she was angry or this, that and the third. Like, no, like this is a crazy person who is responsible for their own actions. And at the end of the day, if you're going to you know, go out there and inflict violence on other people, you, you don't deserve to be in society with other people. Like our, our standard right. for society is that we can go out, you can say your piece, you can even say hate speech here in America because we don't have hate speech here in America, but you can go out and speak without being inflicted, you know, met with violence, because that's how we do here in, you know, civilized society. We can say things that are offensive, that, that are challenging, and we can have the interaction. But the moment that you start to deploy violence or that you legitimize the use of violence against your political enemies, that's when you cross the line into criminal territory. That's when you cross the line into, you know, somebody who is not, you know, able to function and you're, yeah. you're actively collaborating on the destruction of this nice thing that we have here where we can go out and talk and not worried about being shot. I wanted to comment on the, the trans genocide notion because Andy No put out. Andy No had an amazing tweet. Maybe I'll pull this up. I think this was it. like a week ago or so, but Tucker Carlson brought the tweet up on his show as well. And this is what Andy No said. He said, there is no genocide of trans people in the U.S. or anywhere in the no. West. In fact, there has been an explosion of trans identifying people, which research suggests is a social contagion and spread by social media fads and youth peer pressure. The few dozen trans people tragically killed in the U.S. each year are usually murdered by black men while in the course of prostitution activities. And yeah. he has a follow-up tweet. 
you know, there's no genocide of them in the United States. It's a conspiracy theory by political activists and money-hungry groups to push through demands not supported by evidence, reason, or rationality. And where have we heard that recently, yeah. where they were using lies Guys, in order to advance a crazy agenda? Th there's a video done here. I'm going to pull it up. You guys should talk about this on your podcast one day. Give me one second here. Yeah, no problem. There's this awesome YouTuber, and he made a video about the fake genocide a couple years ago at the fake crisis matt christensen oh yeah is I love his matt. name he's funny okay so look this up the fake crisis he did the deep dive into each of these murders so-called murders and i think it was from 2020 there was 53 or something mm -hmm. when you look into them six of them i think were in puerto rico during violent crimes, maybe prostitution. Some of these people were lovers in a lover's quarrel. So that's not anti-trans hate. Some of these people were committing crimes and were shot by police in the act of committing some violent crime. Also not a murder. When you come right down to it, maybe two or three out of that 53 or whatever the number was, maybe you could say those were down to some sort of hate crime. And when you look statistically, based on the number of self-identified trans people, 1.4 million or 1.6 million, versus the number of murders, they're like the safest demographic in the United States of America. The general population was more than two times as likely to die by murder, but these weren't even all murders. Mm -hmm. The whole thing is fake. There is no violence being committed against trans people. If there was, we would see it on CNN on a 24-7 loop. Yeah. But all we ever see are trans-identified people or their activists attacking people like me. And I just noticed today when we hopped on this call with the bright lights that I have a shiner developing here. So that's pretty cool for Tucker Carlson tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, you got, you know, the black eye, you've got the scrape on your yeah. face. Um, it's just so typical uh, and this is something that Josh uh, talks about a lot on Disaffected. Uh, shout out to Josh and Kevin for Disaffected. I was going to bring them again up too. Because this is Darvo. This is uh, deny, attack, reverse victim and offender. Yeah. This is you know the these people are accusing you and you know by association all of us that disagree with their crazy agenda. They're accusing us of the thing that they are guilty of. They are engaging in violence. They're engaging in stochastic terrorism. That is, they are spewing rhetoric that is making it more likely people engage in violence against us by claiming there's a trans genocide and that we're, you know, hateful, transphobic, anti-LGBT. We're gay. I mean, you're a straight father, but yeah. Josh is gay. Kevin's gay. Like, there's a lot of gay people that are concerned about yeah. this and that find it aberrant and offensive that they are used, they're piggybacking on gay rights to advance this crazy gender-bending agenda. I mean... It's, it's just so insane. And then to go the extra step of reversing the victim and offender and saying now, you know, that, that you are engaged in, you know, mutual combat. I thought that was lovely yesterday how they said that it was mutual yeah, combat. Stupid. I was going to bring up Josh. A mutual fight. Uh, please don't shout three inches from my ear with your spittle spraying my face. Maybe you can back up a couple yeah. inches. Hey, oh, <laughs> oh, mutual fight. <laughs> yeah, I'm, it's I'm laughable. Sure. I don't worry about it at all. I don't. I think it's kind of funny, all these people online trying to say, he started it. I mean, whatever. These people are NPCs. They're fake. They're not yeah, smart. They mean nothing. So if anything, they're just promoting my Twitter account more. So thanks, guys. Keep it up.
fact. But yeah, I was going to bring up yeah. Josh and Disaffected as well, and Kevin and uh, what's going on over there, Christopher and Arab Belker. And what's Talk a little bit about Burlington. Well, it's happening in Burlington because, you know, like you said, the every time a trans-identified person dies, they try to find a way to spin the narrative that people like us speaking out about this, we are the cause of that. And maybe you can go into a bit what the, the well, city council said. Their recent resolution, resolution they about, passed a resolution yeah. in support of the LGBTQIA plus community and condemning transphobia. And they put in their resolution a little bit about a trans person, a guy who was murdered, who went, his name was Zachary Barbo, but he went by Fern Feather. And Fern had picked up a hitchhiker who had just been let out of a mental institution who was behind bars for over a decade, picked him up hitchhiking, shacked up with him for three days, and then that guy killed Fern and dumped his body on the side of a road. And in this resolution, they, they twisted that situation. They talked about it in such a way to make it as if you know, he was murdered for being transgender and that the stickering that's been going on by some of the conservative activists in Burlington, this stickering that says things like no one was born in the wrong body, that, uh, you know, lifelong medical dependency yeah. is creating the hateful environment which led to the death of this person, which they are kind of basically they're indicating is the fault of the hate group and in then on Burlington. Top of that, Burlington City Council has yeah. also gone the extra step of labeling the people that are doing the stickering as a hate group yes. and saying that they're engaged in transphobia. When it's actually a bunch of homos doing it. And it's the opposite. So. You know, we had we had one of their own, you know, somebody from the Burlington community, his name was Mark. He testified during public comment and he said that he has heard rhetoric that the trans community and trans activists want to kill transphobes. That was he what he was reporting. And, you know, that's, and, and it was twisted. You know, they, there was these little Vermont publications. It's WCAX or something, the VT Digger. They take his commentary. They cut the part out where he says that it's transphobes, uh, that they want to kill transphobes, and, and makes it spin it around like he's hearing that, you know, it's the transphobic people who are engaged in the violence, that who yeah. want to engage in violence. When they, they completely reverse the whole thing. Yeah. They lie. They lie. They These lie. aren't mistaken people. These are not mistaken people. There's so many naive people out there that just think they're mistaken. They just need to learn the truth. If we could only just talk to the CEO of the American Academy of Pediatrics and show him the evidence, we could twist his arm and they would stop this tomorrow. No, these people are liars. These people know exactly what they're doing. We are dealing with evil. There is no reasoning with certain people. Yeah. And there is absolutely no reasoning with people who are pushing this on society. So we only have one option, which is to keep raising awareness, flip these school boards to get this junk out of schools, do whatever we can at a grassroots level. But eventually we need to vote these people out because we have lying activists who have gotten themselves into every important political position in the country at all levels of government. Mm -hmm. And they're destroying the nation, not just the United States. It's everywhere. It's the same blueprint all across the Western world. And this is the source of the culture war. We have activists from the left who have a big head start on us and they're destroying society. So thanks to you guys for getting the word out there. People like you guys, all of us grassroots warriors telling the truth, we're going to win. It's just going to take some time. But people like these assaulters the other day actually help us in our job because one, just one of those videos, the best angle of the attack on me, it's already been seen more than 6 million times.
So this has made international news. I've got members of parliament from other countries reaching out to me. Of course, none from Canada expected. Scotland, Europe, Australia, I've got MPs there reaching out to me. I'm being invited to speak with members of parliament in Scotland. So I'm just gonna keep spreading awareness wherever people want me to spread it because all these kids matter and we're all connected to each other and we're gonna win this battle. It's just a question of how many kids are harmed before we do. Yeah. But I gotta yeah. go pretty quick, so maybe we can address one more thing, and we can do this another time. But I got some other engagements right now. For sure, I think the point you make though uh, of about how the violence is only going to play into our hand here is because look, when when a normal person, maybe someone who doesn't even know that much about this topic and what's going on, because a yeah. lot of people don't, to be honest, sits down and goes on their computer and they're scrolling through Twitter and they see that video. What do you think they're going to think of that side, right? This right. trans radical activist, this whole ideology. Do you think they're going to look at those people as the rational people, you know, the caring, loving, tolerant ones? They're not. It's going to be very clear to them that those are not the caring, loving, tolerant side. There's something else malevolent there. Yes. Let me wrap it up with uh, Daniel. I, I, I just want to comment on Daniel's point because this is no, such no, a spectacular no. point. I, I'm naturally calm in these situations. I don't get worked up. But I also know, I have this perspective that what's happening isn't just happening between me and the people around me right now. This is going to be seen by 100,000 or a million or more. So carry yourself when you're at these protests like a million people are watching you. Mm -hmm. And just be calm and cool. That other person yelling at you, they don't matter. They're, irre they're irrelevant. They're a cog in the machine. They're a piece of code programmed into the matrix. They're totally irrelevant. Keep yourself safe, but what they say has no meaning. Don't let it affect you personally. Just be cool. Get your points across that you need to make, not necessarily for them, but for the people who are going to be watching this. And everyone who's new to this, watching from home, can see right away. Totally sane person, acting normal, vicious psychos trying to destroy people who's on the right end of history here they'll get it right away so they're doing our job for us when they do this stuff yeah yeah no i i saw that uh deputy deputy chow howard chow tweeted out uh this little bit about how policing protests and demonstration are always the most challenging parts of their work and they're going to do a <laughs> full investigation and they're looking for witnesses yeah, to come yeah. forward Right. I'm not sure why they need witnesses when they've got multiple video evidence, all kinds of angles, and something like 40 yeah. of their officers were there to bear witness. Do you bear expect anything to come? Do you think they're going to charge anyone with this, or do you think they're just going to investigate and let it go away? The investigator called me yesterday, and he wanted me to come in and give a statement. I would be fine with that, but I talked to a lawyer, and he said, no, don't do it. Have them email you the questions. And I get it. They're trying to build some narrative mm -hmm. to make it less likely to charge me, I'm sure. They don't need me to come in. Everything's on video. You want a statement from me? Here's this video. Here's this video from another angle. Here's video from another angle. Watch it with your own two eyes. When I got Jessica Yaniv, a criminal record, this is this Cretan in, in Langley, British Columbia, the city next door to me. He's just 25 minutes away. This guy came out on the street in his car and he threatened to kill me and he told police I was calling in bomb threats. So he got charged with two counts of public mischief and he got charged with uttering threats. He was found guilty. Why? Because I had video of it. I didn't even say a word to this guy. I just videoed. No words necessary. 
And I filled out a little handwritten statement that day and he got convicted. These guys are full of crap. They don't need me to come in. They're just playing games. I've dealt with this before. They wanted me to come in to get a statement in March of 2021, because in December of 2020, I had been sucker punched and I'd stopped this guy from running away with a single push. And then almost three months later, the police wanted me to come in and give a statement because they were looking at charging me with assault causing bodily harm. And so a lawyer told me the same thing then. He said, no, they're just trying to build a case against you. And this guy used to be a prosecutor. So I'm not going to go in unless the lawyer tells me to go in because there's no need. It's all on video. This is a slam dunk case. There were other people assaulted that day, day too. And I want to mention them. Pierre Barnes, this French Canadian who now lives here. He's an awesome guy. He's done more in Canada than anyone in exposing the books that are in these school libraries and classrooms. Uh, another older man was assaulted, pushed, thrown to the ground. And I guess that's it. There were the two assaults on me and there were the two assaults on them. So there's probably four or five different individuals involved yeah. and it's all on camera. And what could police have done that day? They could have just walked up to the people and gotten their, their info then. But now they're asking for witness statements. I mean, it's a total joke. This thing's a farce. But they're getting so much pressure from online now that that's, I think, why they're reacting. They would have just let this slide if they could. So thank you, people of the internet. And I should just say before I go, if you want to support me, I do need help. Like Brian Krasenstein says, I got to pay for lawyers. I'm traveling all around. I do all this on my own dime. I have no organization supporting me. So if you appreciate the work I do, it doesn't pay for itself and I'd love your help. But if you can't afford a penny, don't worry about it because I'm going to be fine. Just if you want to. What I really want you to do is have conversations. I want you to learn about this, get educated and have one conversation at a time because that's the only way we end this. Go to your school board meetings, make a fuss. That's the best thing you could ever do for me. So Daniel, friendly, thank you so much for having me. You guys are beautiful. I love you. Love and we'll do too, this again love soon. Love you too, man. Yeah. Thank right. you. Stay safe Take out care. there, buddy. Bye-bye. Take care, guys.